Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Metabolism and Menopause podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I'm your host and CEO of Vitality OET. We are a women's nutrition, health, and fitness company that focuses predominantly on women's hormones, particularly as they start going through perimenopause and onwards. We know that a lot of things happen in this time of your life, whether it be hot flashes and night sweats, irritability and brain fog, or that wonderful belly fat that seems to have come out of absolutely nowhere, despite you not changing anything. So of course, you go back to your tried and true methods of cutting calories, cutting carbs, doing a ton of cardio, yet this time it seems like you're putting in a lot of effort and really not seeing much change. Or the scale actually goes in the opposite direction that you want, and you start feeling worse. But we know now that your body is inherently different than what it was prior to experiencing these hormonal changes that you are having. So our mission here at Vitality is to really help you understand how your body works in this time of your life, how it's changing. So you can finally reach those health and fitness goals, live a life full of vitality, and really understand how to take care of this new body of yours. So we're into the second week of 2024, everyone. Super crazy. Um, so a conversation that I want to have with you all today is about testosterone. This is a very common theme um, of conversation that's been coming up. And I think it's really important to understand testosterone and the effects on its on your body, particularly as you start going through perimenopause and onwards. So maybe you've taken our hormone assessment, or if you haven't, that is something we offer for free in our Facebook groups. So you can always go and check that out. It helps you figure out what your likely hormonal issues are, and then we help you figure out where you, your nutrition should be, how you should be adjusting your exercise and things like that to really help bring things into better hormonal harmony. But maybe you scored low testosterone there, or maybe you've tested before with a Dutch test or some blood work, and you know that you have low testosterone, or maybe you just suspect that you might have low testosterone. But what does that really all mean? Like, why is it important? Does it really matter? What does it mean to your health and your symptoms and your ability to lose weight? Um, so that's what I really want to talk about today is we're going to discuss all things testosterone, how you can determine that it might be low based on some symptoms to kind of give you an inkling if that could, could be something going on. And then, of course, what to do about it so you can experience seamless menopause fat loss, because this is something that can actually really prevent you from seeing success. So I think it's really important first to note that testosterone is actually considered an essential hormone for women, especially once we're in menopause. And while it has always been referred to as a male hormone, like when we think of testosterone, we think of male and we think of muscles, right? Women still need it too, just not in as high quantities as men, but it's still really, really important. So not only is testosterone responsible for the health of our muscles, the health of our bones, it's also really important for energy levels, libido, mood and muscle growth, and therefore plays a big role in metabolism because we know the more muscle you have, the more calories your body burns at rest, making it a lot easier for you to see weight changes that you're looking for, better body composition, looking fit and toned, but also help with insulin sensitivity as well, which we know is an issue during perimenopause and menopause. So first of all, we need to understand what testosterone is and how it works. So first, it's very important to understand there's a difference between androgens and testosterone. Um, so androgens is kind of like an umbrella term for a specific type of sex hormone. Testosterone is a type of androgen, but it's not the only androgen in our body. All androgens are going to be produced primarily by the adrenal glands and the ovaries pre-menopause. 
And then it's produced exclusively in your adrenal glands post-menopause because ovaries just aren't there to, aren't at the same capacity to be able to produce things anymore, right? And then it can also be produced in smaller amounts in skin, fat, tissue, and some other organs as well. So keep that note in the back of your mind. Testosterone is primarily produced by the adrenal glands and exclusively in the adrenal glands post-menopause. And we know that cortisol, we're going to talk about this later, that stress hormone is produced by the adrenals. And a lot of us have adrenal issues. So keep that tucked away for later. Testosterone is primarily produced in the adrenals. Okay. So testosterone, like I said, is an essential hormone for women. It's important for things like bone health, breast health, fertility, sex drive, your menstrual health, energy, muscle growth, and the maintenance of muscle, of muscle, your mood, your mental state, your metabolism, and fat storage as well. So combined with estrogen, testosterone really helps with that growing and maintenance and repair of our reproductive tissues, bone mass, muscle mass, and human behaviors like energy and sex drive. So together, those two really, really help us out in so many different ways. So then when estrogen goes down, we really rely on testosterone a lot more. And there are clinical trials also that suggest that testosterone enhances cognitive performance and improve your musculoskeletal health in postmenopausal women. So specifically, testosterone is clearly very important in menopause and probably far more important than most of us even realize. So again, remember how I said, notice how estrogen combined with testosterone are important for all these things. That is what happens when we are premenopausal, right? We still have our estrogen levels. But during perimenopause and menopause, when estrogen levels start to go down, we see that a decrease in testosterone, and that decrease, testosterone ends up being that hormone that kind of takes over the main responsibility of keeping the body healthy. So maintaining our muscle mass, maintaining energy, our bone mass, our sex drive, all these things that are really important. So if estrogen goes down and testosterone has to take all the, all the heavy lifting here for us, what should we see with testosterone when we go into menopause? Well, what's actually supposed to happen is in the menopausal period, a relative increase in testosterone is observed due to that dramatic decrease in estrogen. It has to make up for that drop in estrogen. So basically, testosterone is supposed to go up as estrogen goes down to help make up for that loss of estrogen. But here's what happens a lot of the time with so many women that we talk about, and it's insane that testosterone isn't talked about more. Because for a lot of women, testosterone doesn't go up as expected. And instead, those levels stay low everywhere. Or we have other androgens like DHT, or many other ones that end up being a lot higher than expected or where they should be. And this can contribute to feeling way worse not better, and affecting your body composition as well. So what would cause testosterone to decrease? You're going to be not surprised at all here is cortisol. It's stress. Because remember how I said that we have testosterone produced in the adrenals. But if the adrenals are constantly busy dealing with cortisol and increasing those cortisol levels, testosterone therefore struggles to be produced. So high levels are of stress are going to be linked with an increase in androgens, which I know sounds kind of weird, but this is how it works. And when our adrenals are activated, 
um, we see that those androgens go up because they're made in the adrenals as well and can lead to an overproduction in those other androgens and lead to those PCOS type symptoms where you become more androgen dominant. So it can be really difficult to tell if testosterone or other secondary androgens are high or low without proper testing. But we can look at some symptoms to get a general idea if this is something that you could be struggling with and whether you should or should not be getting tested. So first and foremost, how do we know if we have low testosterone? What are the symptoms? So low testosterone symptoms include fatigue, so you're tired a lot, foggy thinking, so you've got that brain fog, it's hard to focus. You start experiencing mood changes like mood swings, anxiety, depression, or just acting out of character. You might feel kind of crazy. Um, you can experience urinary incontinence, actually. A decrease in your bone density, a decrease in stamina, so you just feel like you're getting out of shape quite quickly. Um, a decrease in muscle size, or you start experiencing muscle loss, even though you're exercising. An inability to gain muscle when you're working out, so you're really busting your butt in the gym and just nothing changes. You're losing more muscle mass. Of course, having a decreased libido or sex drive and just feeling like you're rapidly aging. You're just like, man, compared to last year, like I just feel like my body's not functioning. I'm more tired. My skin doesn't look as good. Like all these symptoms that just make you feel like you're getting old faster. And testosterone deficiencies produce different effects on the body like those fatigue symptoms, the low libido can contribute to hot flashes, loss of muscle mass, bone density. And research, research has even found that low testosterone can also cause high blood sugar levels. However, the scientific community is still trying to figure out how low testosterone and blood sugar levels are connected. Because again, this stuff takes a long time to figure out, right? We need study after study after study after study, but we know there's a connection there and something is happening. So some research have believe, some researchers believe that low testosterone make, may make your body more insulin resistant, which means your body loses the ability to respond to insulin, the hormone that helps transport sugar in your bloodstream to cells in your body. So if you go back to like, I think it's episode four, um, which we're already in the fifties now, which is crazy, but we did a whole podcast on insulin resistance, which makes so much sense. It helps you understand things in terms of perimenopause and menopause. But sh long story short, basically what happens is when there's a rise in sugar in our bloodstream, whether that's from food or from stress, because as long as cortisol goes up, it's constantly dumping sugar into your bloodstream because it needs energy. So if you're not getting it from food, your body's going to find it from somewhere else. Um, so you could be not eating food. You could be not having carbs. You could be fasting and still seeing issues with your blood sugar. And this is why. So blood sugar goes up. Okay. Then insulin comes. It's like a little taxi driver. It's like your skip the dishes or your Uber eats. It goes and it picks up your sugar. It goes and then knocks on the door. It asks for your code to get the sugar into the cells. But what happens when we become more insulin resistance is that poor Uber Eats driver is just texting you, knocking on your door. I'm here. I'm here. Open the door. I'm here. And your body's just like, uh, eh, whatever. We're used to this noise. Like it happens all the time, whatever. And then what ends up happening is that sugar gets transported to fat cells instead. So we don't want to be insulin resistant. We want to be insulin sensitive. We want as soon as that knocking on the door happens for us to open the door and pull that sugar into cells that are going to use it, right? So this is where 
We struggle a lot with high stress because as long as stress is high, cortisol dumps sugar into your bloodstream, insulin goes up to try and get rid of those sugars in the bloodstream and use it. Your body then senses, oh, sugars are down, cortisol pumps more sugar into your bloodstream, insulin goes up again. And this constant battle between cortisol and insulin to try and control blood sugar ends up resulting in this insulin resistant where your cells just don't respond anymore. So you can see that as long as cortisol is high and we're having issues with adrenal health, you are always going to have trouble with insulin and blood sugar control. This is why addressing stress is so, so important and making sure you're eating enough food. Okay. So, but again, to learn more about that, head back to that episode. It's like episode four. I'm pretty sure. Um, okay. So as long as, so back to this. So researchers believe that low testosterone may make your body more insulin resistant. So knocking on the door doesn't open those cells, meaning your cells lose the ability to respond to that knocking on the door. So your body will have to make extra insulin to keep up with that high sugar demand, right? That high insulin demand, but it will not be able to meet the demand and your blood sugar levels will eventually become high. And this is where we lead to things like prediabetes, diabetes, things like that. So if that sugar level is not controlled, you will start producing adverse effects on your body. So for instance, you can start experiencing kidney damage, nerve damage, nausea, blurred vision, it will also increase that risk of diabetes, like I mentioned. And if you already have diabetes, your glycemic control might get disturbed. So your body's just not very good at dealing with that. So this is very, very important to be aware of. So we talked a little bit about these secondary androgens outside of testosterone that I mentioned that can go up and they can get out of control when testosterone levels are low or the adrenals aren't functioning properly, which in like 99% of the women that we work with, there's something going on with stress and cortisol because you don't realize the things that are causing the stress on your adrenals. Because we tend to think of stress as like, oh, I feel stressed out, like I'm busy, I'm overwhelmed, I feel stressed, but I handle it well, right? But you don't realize that not getting enough sleep is a stress, tossing and turning when you're sleeping, so not good sleep quality, Alcohol is going to increase your cortisol levels. It's a stress on your body because your body's trying to get rid of those toxins. You don't realize that doing a ton of cardio, doing a ton of exercise, if you're not eating enough food, if you're not eating enough carbohydrates, if you're not getting enough protein, if you are just go, 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 go all the time from the moment you wake up until you go to sleep, you're always rushing around, you're eating on the go, you never take time to sit and just chill the F out. You are under a very high stress state. You are really working those adrenals and eventually then communication goes out of whack and then we start having really low cortisol levels, which takes even longer to address and really fix the communication pathways than it does if cortisol levels are high. So let's talk about these, these secondary androgens that can go up when our adrenals are not functioning properly, which again is very, very common. Okay. Not normal but it's common. So high androgens can result in symptoms like irritability, weight gain, particularly in the hips and or breast area, rapid weight gain in a short period of time, acne, oily skin, dark patches of skin on the body, rapid growth or a lot of skin tags, um, scalp, your scalp hair loss, so hair loss on your head, or you start growing um, hair on your face, your chest or abdominal area. So what are some causes of this low testosterone and these high secondary androgens that we do not want? So of course, I've touched on this stress. First and foremost, 
like we hate to break it to you, but 99% of everything that we see is caused by stress. The scientific community is in agreement that the majority of hormone imbalances are due to one thing and one thing only, and that is stress. And again, we are just, we don't realize how stressed are, how stressed out we are. We're in a time of like, economy's not super great. There's wars everywhere. There are people getting sick. We just barely got through COVID. There are so many things. And then we've got family getting sick and taking care of sick parents and our kids might be driving us crazy and then we're not eating and we're not sleeping and we're exercising a ton and we're go, 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 go. And our boss is breathing down our neck. Like all of these things are stress and we just don't realize it. We think, oh, our stress isn't that bad because there's people who are worse off than me. It doesn't matter. Your body is still responding to it. So generally chronic stressors are going to, are going to result in a loss of testosterone. Okay, and this is the effects of just the whole HPA access, the stress response system. I did a whole podcast on adrenal health that you can go back to and listen to that will really help you understand this. But cortisol and testosterone have an inverse relationship. So what that means is more stress, less testosterone. Okay, and if we have more testosterone, our body can handle a little bit more stress, which is why men are so much more resilient to stress. This is why... You guys can both go on the same diet and your husband can cut calories by a lot and cut out a ton of carbs and exercise a ton. And he feels great. He looks great. He's losing weight pretty easily. And you end up gaining five pounds and you're exhausted. This is why, because that testosterone is a stress buffer. And again, we don't have as high as levels. When estrogen goes down, we lose that buffer even more. And then if testosterone's even low, we really can't handle much. So this is why doing less and eating more and really understanding how to take care of your new body is so incredibly important if you're going to be successful and feel and look like you again. Okay. And then we have, on the other hand, high stress can cause your adrenals to release more cortisol, right? And we know that's going to lead to a ton of horrific um, issues that most of you guys are dealing with. Poor blood sugar, our gut health goes to crap, thyroid function goes down, metabolism goes down, we see an increase in weight, a decrease in muscle mass, hormones take a hit, and this cascading event that just makes everything very challenging, right? But it's also going to increase testosterone, or um, those secondary androgens, which can hyperconvert those androgens, which means this is where um, like a lot of women who have PCOS have this conversion happening where it's it's happening quite quickly and quite often. Uh, I'm not going to get into like nitty, nitty gritty details of that for you, but almost all women who have PCOS are going to have high levels of DHEAS, um, which acts like an androgen and then converts to those secondary androgens that I was talking about, which, which lead to all those symptoms that we talked about previously. Um, some other causes of low testosterone are going to be over-exercising or under-exercising. So proper resistance training is really great for improving testosterone levels, but you got to do it properly. You got to get enough recovery. And unfortunately for most women, that's not what we're doing here. Um, you need to have consistent nutrition. So if you're eating too little or way too much, or you're going up and down, up and down, hopping from fad diet to fad diet, that also leads to lower testosterone levels. Inflammation due to stress or nutritional issues from the things I literally just mentioned also cause a decrease in your testosterone levels. 
So we went from the symptoms and you're like, hmm, okay, that kind of sounds like me, Steph. Well, where do I go from here? We've talked about the causes and you're like, mm, yeah, that, that does check out for me also. So first and foremost, what we encourage you to do is to get some testing done. It can be difficult to distinguish between low levels of testosterone and other hormones since there's always going to be overlap between symptoms, but get tested if you can. Do blood work, do a Dutch test, we offer those. Um, getting tested is always, it's always good. It takes the guesswork out. But once you know you have low, low testosterone or you think you might, these are all things that you can start doing that are going to improve your metabolism and your hormone balance anyways um, and be really great for testosterone levels anyways to help support those as best as you can. So the first one, which we cannot stress enough, is going to be de-stress. No, we cannot remove all stress from our life. That is not realistic. We cannot change the world that we live in per se. We cannot change the fact that our parents are getting older and sick or maybe passing away. We can't deal with the fact that sometimes our kids are not making the best decisions or that you get laid off from your job or whatever it may be. There are reasons that we can't always get rid of stress, but we have to learn how to buffer stress appropriately. Okay, a high stress response over a long period of time is going to disrupt the communicating signals between your brain and your adrenal glands, which are going to cause a lack of demand from our brain to produce testosterone because our body's so busy dealing with cortisol that it doesn't care about anything else because that's what happens when we're in fight or flight and we're go, go, go all of the time. Okay, so what happens then is it blocks testosterone production. So we need to work on de-stressing, whether that's Going for a walk and just you're walking not to exercise, you're walking to relax. There's a very big difference. Okay, maybe you're working on some box breathing, meditation, maybe some vagus nerve stimulation, maybe you're journaling, you're doing things that actively help bring your heart rate down, you're feeling relaxed, you're not breathing heavy, you feel in control of your body. Okay, and a lot of people are like, oh, I like to exercise to de-stress. No. That's you chasing that cortisol high, that stress, you're an adrenaline junkie that way. So this is learning to slow down, which can feel really hard. Trust me, I know I'm naturally a type A, go, go, go kind of person. Learning to slow down is really hard because we're so wired to be productive and to be busy and accomplished. And we feel like if we're not busy all the time, that we're falling behind or we're not worthy of rest or we're not doing enough or we could be further ahead. That's a pretty miserable way to live. So learning to purposely slow down is really important. The next one is get more sleep. Um, women hate this one because they're like, Steph, I want to sleep. I'm trying to sleep and it's not working. But it's important to note that sleep has been proven to not only help communication pathways repair between the brain and different organs, but it helps our body deal with stress, okay? It helps with digestion, it helps with inflammation. When we sleep, our melatonin levels are higher. This is an antioxidant that helps with our body. Like there are so many benefits to sleep. You're not going to have cravings. You're not going to have energy crashes. You feel good. So ways to help improve sleep. There are so many. I did a podcast on that one as well, but you can try having a bedtime snack with mostly carbs so and some protein or fat. So my favorite is popcorn and a turkey pepperoni stick. I'll do oatmeal with some protein powder or a protein drink. I will do meat, cheese, and crackers, toast with egg or toast with peanut butter. I'll do protein balls. 
There are so many options. Just make sure it's not fruit because typically fruit will digest a bit too quickly. Um, having that higher carb snack that has more fiber, slower digesting paired with protein or fat helps stabilize your blood sugars. It drops your cortisol levels down, which increases melatonin, stabilizes blood sugars throughout the night. So you sleep soundly. It'll be amazing. I promise. Um, the next one, like I said, is weight training. I mentioned this previously. Weight training has been shown to improve testosterone levels, but only within reason. So remember, there is a bell curve to literally everything in life, and too much or too little of something um, can be just as bad and produce negative effects, right? So weight training two to three days a week, full body, um, taking two to three minute rests between your sets, you're focusing on getting stronger, so you're lifting a weight like six to eight times, taking a two to three minute break, lifting it again, lifting with intention, so focusing on the muscle that you're squeezing, slowing down the movement, focusing on where you're trying to feel it. That will help produce um, improved testosterone production. But again, you need that recovery period. Otherwise, it's too much of a stress. And then we start to see it go down. Another one is reducing inflammation. So inflammation can be blocking conversion um, of pro-hormones to other hormones, um, which then results in your testosterone levels being lower. So if you suspect inflammation is a problem, we always suggest tracking your food. Um, make sure that your calorie and protein intake is consistent day to day, okay? Um, because if you're up and down, up and down, you've got 60 grams of protein one day, you've got 100 the next, calories go from high to low, you have like a, a span greater than 200 in your caloric intake day to day, um, or within a week, like maybe you range from 1600 to 2100, that's a huge variance. And that can actually lead to inflammation, especially in women, since we're far more sensitive. Um, and then you can also try incorporating more anti-inflammatory foods in your diet. Um, but caloric consistency is always going to be the best way to help control inflammation. Start there before you start removing things and changing things. Just work on consistency. Um, it ends up being the best response that we see in women in particular um, when they're going through perimenopause and menopause. Because I don't like telling people not to eat and taking out foods and stuff. That's just not fun. Like, food is meant to be enjoyed. So if you can work on caloric con consistency, that's huge. Some supplements that you can think about as well are going to be omega-3s. So 2 to 4 grams per day. That's going to help with your inflammation, right? Zinc is also another great one. Or an adaptogen like maca powder is also really great. But again, be sure to get levels tested before going a supplement route because you don't want to start leading to imbalances and stuff like that. Um, Omega-3s we typically recommend to most women. We don't get enough of it in our diet. It's great for anti-inflammatory and hormone health. So that's one that we is, is safe to take and we recommend for most women. And you can get that at any generic store. So let's say you get tested and you find out that you have high androgens or you have PCOS um, because high androgens go hand in hand with PCOS, right? So... Again, de-stressing, always going to be the best way to fix your body if it's not communicating properly and things aren't being produced properly. Weight training again, caloric consistency, sleeping more in recovery, um, having some tea like spearmint um, of licorice tea has been known to slightly reduce androgen levels if it's taken at least twice per day. Um, but again, those above things are really, really important. You can work on your gut health. Poor digestion and digestive inflammation or overgrowth of some bacteria in the gut is also going to be associated with higher androgens or PCOS. So the better your digestion is, the better your body is going to function. 
That being said, gut dysbiosis is typically seen in bodies that are overstressed. So work on your stress. And the reason we see this, and I've said this quite a few times, so if you're new, if you're someone who's been following for a while, this would be a little bit of repetition, but when we're in a high stress state, our body's in fight or flight. We're getting ready to fight the bear or run away from the bear. So blood flow in that state will go away from our gut to our arms and legs to help us do those exact same things, to fight or to run away. So when blood flow goes away from our gut, our gut motility decreases, which means our gut isn't contracting as well. So our intestines aren't moving food along as well. So you're going to experiencing you're going to experience more bloating, um, more inflammation. Food takes longer to empty. You can have more constipation, or you can have the opposite. You have diarrhea, um, and those things can then lead to leaky gut, more inf- inflammation, more food sensitivities. So just by learning to really relax and focus on all the things we've talked about to help improve cortisol levels can make a huge, huge difference for you. Okay. If you're someone who is bloating that gets worse throughout the day, that's stress bloat. That's cortisol. We need to fix that. Okay. Um, and then supplements and medications, this should only be done after all the above lifestyle factors that I talked about have been changed consistently. You've been doing it consistently and you're still struggling. Okay. Supplements and medications will not do much unless you address all of the above. Okay. And doing all the above is cheap and free. So there's that too. Um, so some supplements that we could suggest would be saw palmetto that can block the production of DHT. So that androgens that we were talking about. Um, and there's also some pharmaceutical medications called spironoloctane, um, which can help reduce androgens as well but those are extremely potent. Okay. So that's something to be aware of. They should not be taken if your testosterone, if you haven't, um, tested those levels directly because, because then it can really disrupt your estrogen and testosterone production in a direction that could cause some issues. So do not take that unless your levels have been tested. Um, you've chatted to a doctor about it that is well-versed in this area because unfortunately most are not. So you need to be aware of that. Again, work on all the other stuff that we talked about first. There was so many things. There was gut health, sleep and recovery, your consistent caloric intake, weight training properly, focusing on de-stressing and really slowing down, um, addressing your food quality. You can do a little bit more of an anti-inflammatory diet, but those are all, I mean, those are all things we talk about all the time, right? It takes you to the basics and the basics are what work. The basics are what you need to really help improve your health, okay? And with that goes hand in hand eating enough food. If you're not eating enough food, you will not see changes, especially if you've been in this cycle for a very long time. So message me and I'm more than happy to do that for you. If you would like to get an idea of where your hormonal levels might be, we do have a free hormonal symptom assessment in our Facebook community, exclusive to women in that community only. What you do is a symptom assessment. It gives us a general idea of where your hormonal imbalances could be. Um, if you have testing, you can share that with us as well. We're always happy to look that over for you. Um, but then that, what we do is we take all that information. We write out a little roadmap for you of where your food intake should be, what the likely issues are, give you some lifestyle and exercise recommendations, and really set you up for success that way. So you have an idea of what could potentially be going on and where to go go forward to really help bring those hormones into balance so you can start feeling better 
looking better, get that metabolism back up again, and then you can lose weight and keep those results. Okay. So if you like that, head to the Facebook community, should be in our show notes for you. Um, and again, we do that for free for the women in our community, because we just want to help you move in the right direction. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, please let me know. Message me on Facebook or Instagram. That is always the best place to find me, or you can shoot me an email as well. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye!